Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Pickaxe and Roll brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. And I'm excited to be able to talk about this one, folks. This is going to be a doozy. This should be one that we get to enjoy. I'm so excited, man. It's so fun to be able to see a good thing come together. And we've got some folks in the chat already uh, really appreciate everybody for hopping in. What's up, Kevin? What's up, Fernando? What's up, Snail? Uh, really appreciate all y'all for stopping by. Uh, you could be going anywhere on your Saturday night, but I am very excited for you to be hopping in with me. It always makes it makes it fun. It makes it fun for sure because this is supposed to be something that Nuggets fans get to enjoy together. Uh, Gordon's here as well. I really appreciate you hopping in, Gordon. Thanks for thanks for stopping by. What a time. What a time to be alive. What a time to be a Nuggets fan. This is the year if you are uh, so inclined. I, I think that this is a great way for things to really kick off here because this is going to be an epic series. There's no doubt in my mind that this is going to be an epic series. And Denver got the good start here. They got the good things happening early. Don't get me wrong. Like, I think that Denver could, like, they could put the gas pedal on and then maybe the Suns don't really show up. I think that they will. I think that they will respond uh, to what I can only expect was surprise to how well Denver played. Uh, Denver was fantastic all the way around in this game. Lots of things to be excited about, lots of things to go over. Uh, we have plenty of things to be able to discuss, but. If you're in the chat, I want you to drop the thing that you were most excited to see. Uh, I've got a good candidate here. I've got a pretty good candidate. Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray, what, what more can you really say about him other than he is under-discussed? He is underrated. He is somebody who people forget about. They don't understand that the Nuggets are more than just Nikola Jokic. And... While Jokic has always been and always will be the straw that stirs the drink for everybody else, tonight it was the Murray show. Tonight he was the guy who got Denver going emotionally, who got Denver going from a shot-making perspective, was competitive, was dominant, was setting the table for his teammates, and was making the shots that he needed to make for the Nuggets to clean house. It was unbelievable to watch him once again. And, and he just continues to do this, man. This is just who he is. This is the kind of player that Jamal Murray is supposed to be. And I've seen it for a long time. He is going to rise to the occasion, regardless of what you think, regardless of what anybody thinks about his overall standing in the league, whether he's as good of a player as Darius Garland or Anthony Edwards or Devin Booker or any of these guys. Like Jamal's going to rise to that moment. He is absolutely capable. And for him to show up in this way, in this moment against that team, basically saying the message, yeah, I'm here now. It's going to be different this time around. That's super cool. That is a super, super cool thing. And it's so exciting to be able to have a guy that can go into that mode, that can go into that mode where you don't have to have Jokic do everything all the time, all at once. And... Like, I, I agree with this by Nathaniel. Nobody's more happy about this than Nikola Jokic. Murray is going to take away some of the spotlight 
People are going to talk about, oh, man, was Jokic even really the MVP? Like, is he really the best player in the world? Because look at what Murray's doing. But this is what it's all about. This is what the playoffs are all about. You need guys who can step up in these moments, take the pressure off, and when teams try to cut the head off the snake, you need that snake to grow another head. And that's what the Nuggets have. They have a dynamic duo. They do not just have a dynamic player. Murray continues to prove that. He continues to also prove that rising to the occasion in the playoffs is just what he does. It is not a thing about like the regular season. It, it's not what he's made for. He's built for the playoffs. He is built for these big-time moments. He is going to be unbelievable. Uh, Joey, if this happens, if he was to make uh, the NBA Finals MVP, <laughs> that would be so funny. Like, just... Because I, 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 I see it as kind of like a Tim Duncan, Tony Parker situation in a lot of different ways. I think that Jamal's better than Tony. But I, I like Tony Parker won a finals MVP because he was awesome in the four games against the Cleveland Cavaliers back in 2007. Like it can happen. And it would be unbelievably funny for that to happen. But I'm also like not against it and don't think that it can't happen because while Joker is going to command as much attention as he does Murray is the guy that if the defense cannot get a hold of, you are going to lose. He has to be a guy that they also shut down. And because Denver's such a two-pronged attack now, as opposed to just one guy, it makes Denver so hard to guard. How are you supposed to guard the Jokic-Murray two-man game without sending a third player? How do you do it? Like, can you? Can you? Nobody can switch it. Like, having a guy who's 6'4 and can cook bigs, in Murray, or having a guy like Jokic who can cook smaller guys, who can go into that matchup and, and not be like he, he can just do whatever he wants to against some of those smaller matchups. And it is just a really exciting prospect for Denver to have this in their bag. Uh, I am super excited for this. This is going to be a lot of fun in this series. And I know that Murray's heard all the noise. You know that. Like he, he is always going to be. Like looking for the thing that gives him more motivation. And he absolutely was motivated for this one, was locked in from the jump, did not smile once during his pregame, and was clearly ready to kill. And that's what this is all about. That's what these moments are all about. Jamal, take a bow, my friend. You are unbelievable in, in these moments. 34 points, nine assists, five rebounds, two steals. I think he made six threes. Maybe it was five, but who cares? Like, it's just... Unbelievable stuff. Yeah, 13 of 24 from the field, 6 of 10 from three, from 3, only two free throws. And that's just who he is. He's probably got to get more free throws to make things easier on himself. But honestly, like, the shots that he made tonight were, like, they weren't, like, full-on hero ball shots. They were, these are the shots that a dynamic star makes. And that's a really, really exciting prospect, too. Next. Let's go to Nikola Jokic, who didn't have his best game. If we're being honest, I, I thought that the way that he started this game, he was like 4 of 12, had plenty of opportunities around the rim to finish second chance points. Uh, but I do think that he did a great job on the defensive end, and that more than made up for it. The Nuggets today, they decided they're going back to that blitzing scheme. They were going to play aggressively. Jokic was going to be up at the level. He was going to try to hedge. He was going to do everything that he can to make it difficult for Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, whoever, to score on a consistent basis. And he did a great job. And, and yeah, the, the pocket pass got through a little bit, and DeAndre Ayton had some points. There's no doubt about it. Like, Ayton finished with 14 points on 7 of 11 from the field. But Ayton only shot one free throw and missed it. He only had seven total rebounds and two total offensive rebounds. So his impact on the game was mostly muted. And like that's that's something that if you're a Suns fan, you are super upset about the, the activity level of Aiden, his ability to not compete on the glass and, and just not providing the energy that I think Jokic had. But was still a great game from Jokic on the defensive end as much as it was on the offensive end. And he wasn't he wasn't fantastic on the offensive end, but anytime you can grab as many rebounds as he did, eight offensive rebounds, five assists, 24 points. Going into the first half, he was five of 14 
from the field, finished that second half four of seven. I thought I said five of seven on uh, uh, on Twitter, but it was actually four of seven. Hit a three. That was very clutch. Got to the free throw line, made all five of his free throws, uh, and only turned the ball over three times. And that's that's where you got to live. Denver's a team they turned the ball over nine times, and Murray had three. Jokic had three. The rest of the team had three. That is a perfect, perfect distribution. You do not want to give the Suns any more transition opportunities than they can already get. The most important thing you can do is not turn the ball over in those cases, get a shot up, and make sure to get back in transition. Although Denver, I think they did a pretty good job of balancing attacking the glass, and Jokic was at the forefront of that with eight offensive boards. That's an incredible number. The touch wasn't there in the first half, but he made some plays. Not necessarily the most important uh, shooting line from him, but anytime you get 24, 19, and 5, and it's considered a bad night, you're feeling pretty good. Uh, Denver can get better from Jokic. They can get more out of him, and, and I think that that's going to be a big thing for Denver uh, going forward in this series. I don't think that Aiton really did anything big from him. Like the, there, was, there was some good levels of physicality from Aiton on the post. There were some good levels of uh, contests on those, those floaters, the turnarounds, the, uh, the hook shots. Jokic didn't really have his touch there today, but that doesn't mean it can't show up, show up again on Monday. And, and I, I have no doubt that if Jokic continues to have shots with better touch, then Denver's going to be just fine. But I got to be honest, folks. I will take 9 of 21 every time if Jokic plays that level of defense with that level of activity. Denver got 14 steals tonight almost like, like because of the activity, because they showed a lot of bodies, because they made things confusing for Phoenix. Phoenix will be able to see some of that, and they'll eventually be able to figure out Denver's defense a little bit. But while you have them on your heels a little bit, you have to take advantage. And I, I think that Denver's done a great job so far. We will see whether that continues into game two with Joker at the level. And finally, before we hit a break, let's go to Michael or, uh, Aaron Gordon. Excuse me. I'll hit Michael Porter Jr. on the other side. Aaron Gordon, amazing, amazing two-way performance from him. 23 points on 13 shots is a really big deal. Added six rebounds to that, including a couple of offensive boards that were big. Uh, only one turnover and was a plus 25 in his 39 minutes. 39! That's an incredible number. He only played, he only missed nine minutes on the game. Denver was a minus eight, uh, minus seven, excuse me, minus seven in those nine minutes. Uh, part of that was garbage time when uh, Denver's garbage time units were minus four, but uh, the other units were minus four without AG out there. So, he is going to be so important in this series. And, and for him to play the way that he did while guarding Kevin Durant, while switching on to Devin Booker, while boxing out DeAndre Hayton at times, while uh, just playing physically, uh, it was a big, big deal. And like 23 points on 13 shots, three of four from three, two of two from the line. The dude's a shooting menace now. It's unbelievable. Uh, he saved all of it for the playoffs. And how cool is that to say? Uh, but look, if AG is going to play that way, if he is going to provide that level of energy, that level of physicality, great contests on Aaron Gordon or on, on Kevin Durant, excuse me. Uh, if he is going to play that way, Denver has a great chance in this series. Obviously, you take game one. Uh, I don't expect him to shoot this well going forward. I don't think anybody should. I think that nine of 13 for 23 points and three of four from three, that is a bridge too far in my opinion. But the great thing about Denver's matchup against the Suns is that the Suns are a vulnerable defense. They, like, they will give up some of those threes to AG, and if he makes one or two of them a game, that's a good enough. That's, that's perfectly fine. He's going to have to get to the free throw line a little bit more. He's going to have to continue to finish over people. But what I will say is Aaron Gordon's just in a great place right now, and if he can match up the way that he did against Kevin Durant, Denver's going to be okay. They're, they're going to be just fine. Now, is KD still capable of going on for 50 points in a game? Absolutely. Uh, will you live with that if the contests are really difficult and if AG is going back on the other end and doing great things? Sure. Like It's, it's going to be like that. Sometimes Denver's going to struggle. But 
I do think that Denver's in a great place to start this series uh, with the matchup from AG so far. So we will see if that continues. But for now, let's take another break, or let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to uh, just in general talk about Michael Porter Jr., KCP, and the rest of Denver's bench. Should be a lot of fun. But first, Folks, as you know, Superbook Sports is this is this podcast's primary sponsor. They are doing great things for our program, and they are here to tell you that with the push with the push for postseason hockey and hoops, you can make it all count in your pocketbook with Superbook Sports. Yes, I am. I am forty seven years old. Uh, Superbook Sports is the best wagering app around, with a direct line to experienced bookmakers behind the counter in Las Vegas. Plus, get a $250 bonus when you sign up, deposit, and wager in the same day. Don't let spring pass you by without winning money with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. We will be right back on Pickaxe Roll. Pickaxe and Roll, Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support on the show. Cedric, I appreciate that. I, I like to think that I don't look 47. Uh, I don't know why I said pocketbook. I could have just said wallet. Like, that seems like a great idea. Uh, but either way, uh, thank you so much, everybody, for supporting the show. Got some folks in here right now. Uh, if you are watching live on YouTube, make sure to give this a like. Make sure to share this out if you possibly can. The likes do share it out. Like they, they help the algorithm. They make sure that it shows up in the recommended for everybody searching Denver Nuggets and things like that. So that would help me greatly. Uh, we will have more content uh, tomorrow as well. Uh, I'm going to be doing Weekends with Swipe Up in the afternoon. Should be a lot of fun. Looking forward to that for sure. Uh <laughs> Sorry, I just looked at the private chat. Michael's Michael's roasting me for, for the pocketbook comment. Uh, but yeah, should be a lot of fun. Let's now talk about Michael Porter, who, going back and watching some of the highlights from the first half, Michael Porter was great. Like, he was really, really good. Uh, making shots, making plays, had a couple of defensive stops, had two steals in this game. But the number that really stands out, obviously, is the plus 29. How could it not? Plus 29 in 31 minutes for Michael Porter Jr. This is going to be a definitive series for Michael Porter. I thought it was very interesting that the leading play that the Suns had at the beginning of this game was a switch where Devin Booker sought out Michael Porter in isolation. Booker got a bucket because he's really good. But then the other times when he sought out Michael Porter, didn't really have as much success in the isolation stuff. Uh, can make it work, can score, there's no doubt about it. But a couple times, Michael Porter got defensive stops. One time he got a steal and then pitched it up ahead to Aaron Gordon for a dunk in transition, which is exactly what the Nuggets need to do in those moments. But one of the big plays, I, I mentioned it on the, on the banner below, Dunked in transition over Kevin Durant. That was a great, fun play right at the beginning of this game. Beginning of this game was nuts. There was the shot making at the beginning of this where the Suns led 32-31 after the first quarter. But even before that, the Suns were unbelievable. Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, Aiton, all of those guys made shots. Every single one. And when Porter got that run-out dunk after the turnover from the Suns, he got that, dunked it over Kevin Durant, who made a business decision, got out of the way, which Durant should do because he's so important to the team. And you do not want him to be tired or hurt in any particular way uh, or in foul trouble for one. But that dunk made it 13 all. And I remember after the timeout just tweeting, man, the shot making in this series is so good. This, this series is just going to be so much fun. And then Porter proceeded to make a whole bunch of other shots, especially late first, early second quarter, uh, just right around that zone. Made a step back three over DeAndre Ayton, had a couple drives to the rim over the top of other guys, and 
didn't have that many shot attempts for the rest of the game, but that's because Jokic and Murray were as dominant as they were, and Aaron Gordon was getting in on the action, which isn't usually going to take place. So there will be opportunities going forward for Porter to take more shots. I don't think that Jokic and Murray are going to combine for 45 shots that often. I think that they'll probably be closer to 40, which leaves another five that Porter could could potentially get. AG also, like taking 13 shots, that's probably higher than what he's normally going to sit at. So it wouldn't surprise me if Porter's a little bit more involved, but five of nine from the field, three rebounds, two assists, plus 29 in, in his 31 minutes. That's such a great night. And it's it's not like a, it's not a disappointment. I like the way that he stepped up in this one. And it's not perfect, but you don't have to be perfect in this series. I, I think that Denver has a little bit more wiggle room than I previously thought, and maybe Nuggets fans previously thought. They don't have to be perfect. They just have to be stronger and, and more resilient and tougher than the Suns. And I think that they can do that for sure. It's really, really cool. All right. Aaron Gordon. Amazing two-way game. Oh, wait. No, sorry. Did this already. My uh, my banners were out of whack. KCP. Three huge three-pointers in the first half. There was a play where he came back in, I think, towards the end of the second quarter. Uh, probably about four minutes left. He comes in off, fresh off the bench. Murray pitches the ball over to him on the right wing. And he just absolutely hands a three-pointer in the face of, I think it was Aiton who was kind of rotating out to him. It might have been KD, but I think it was Aiton. And that's such a huge play. Uh, didn't have that many other like huge plays in this one and, and didn't actually close the game because the Nuggets decided to go with Bruce Brown. But I was impressed with KCP stepping up in the moments that he needed to. He hit a big corner three. Uh, I think a lot of those threes came in the second quarter, if I'm not mistaken, the big run that Denver had. And KCP's a gamer like that. He's going to step up in those moments. And that was a very, very exciting point of the game. Denver outscored Phoenix 37-19 in that second quarter. Denver lost the first. They lost the third. They won the fourth by five. The big difference, obviously, was that second quarter. And if they don't have that, like the rest of the game is tied. And so KCP stepping up in that moment, uh, coming back in with four minutes left to go, that's such a big, big deal. And Denver being able to push the lead up at that point, uh, it was it was massive. It was just absolutely massive, and it gave Denver so much more flexibility than I think they would have had. So big-time stuff. He didn't close, but he doesn't have to. That's a, that's a good thing for Denver. They have options now. Imagine that. Options. You can do different things. And and Porter being as impactful as he was, I'm not surprised that Denver went with the size and the length as opposed to going smaller and playing like Murray, Bruce Brown, and KCP together. So they'll get to that eventually, but I do think that this is a good problem for Denver to have. Like you have six guys and you only have five spots uh, that, that can always play. That's okay with me. Next, let's go to the bench. First half bench lineup for Denver was different from the second half bench lineup. Denver went Bruce Brown, KCP, Michael Porter, Jeff Green, and Aaron Gordon in the first half. And that lineup cooked. That lineup was great. Played a little bit of that time without Kevin Durant on the floor. And that could potentially be part of it. But it's still a good lineup. And it took advantage, I think, of the Suns' lack of size when KD and Aiton are off the floor. I Actually, no, Aiton was out there for, for that group. They had Gordon defending Aiton. At various points, they had Jeff Green defending eight in the various points. But Michael Porter, that's when he was cooking in the beginning of that second quarter. And Bruce Brown, who, like, we're going to talk about him in just a little bit. But Bruce Brown was so impressive, folks. Like, that was a really exciting prospect. And then the second half lineup, a little bit more traditional with Jamal Murray, Bruce Brown, Christian Brown, Jeff Green, and Aaron Gordon. You've got your three bench guys plus Jamal and A.G., didn't spend a ton of time out there. Like, they got Jokic back in pretty quickly. They got MPJ. Uh, I'm pretty sure he came in back in pretty quickly at that point. Uh, they, they had a quicker hook for Porter in the third quarter, and he sat for six minutes and sat for another three, uh, basically, if my rotation chart is any indication there. But, uh, look, Denver did some great things in both the first half and the second half when Jokic was on the bench. Uh, overall, they finished that as a minus two or a minus one 
when Jokic was on the bench. But part of that was the uh, garbage time minutes, which was minus four. So in general, like non-garbage time, non-Jokic minutes were plus three. That's a really, really great thing that you don't expect from Denver. But they have been so good at maximizing those moments because of the staggering, because of the uh, the mixing of the lineups, having more starters out there on a consistent basis. It's been great to see. It's been great to see for Denver where they, they just said, screw it with the, the all bench units or, or the majority bench units. They are going to go with multiple starters out there at all times, and that is absolutely the right decision. But Bruce Brown deserves a ton of credit, just a ton. He has been unbelievable these playoffs. Attacking mindset on both ends of the floor has really helped out Denver, especially in the minutes when Murray isn't out there. Now, sometimes they will have Murray out there, and then they'll run Bruce as the primary point guard. That was that was a thing that they did at the beginning of the fourth quarter, where Denver needed somebody who could get them going. They didn't always want to rely on Murray, but they were running uh, Bruce Brown AG pick and rolls. I'm not sure if it was against Landale or if it was against Aiton. Uh, I don't think it was against Biombo. Biombo did not play that much, and that is perfectly fine with me. But actually, actually I'd, I'd love to see Biombo play more. Like <laughs> that dude did not play well. But uh, really good to see Bruce Brown going downhill. I posted about it in my article on on MileHighSports.com. Make sure to check it out. Also had a social post that we recorded the video of Bruce Brown's answer for my question about him really getting downhill and attacking in the pick and roll and just getting all the way to the rim. Him getting all the way to the rim instead of settling for the floater is just such a big deal. There are there were too many plays during the regular season where he would settle for like the 10-foot floater or the 12-foot floater as opposed to the 6-foot floater or the 4-foot like push shot. Like and and being able to get closer to the rim, drive the gap as much as you possibly can and then maneuver your way all the way is such a big deal. It makes it so much easier for yourself. And and I just think that Bruce, the way that he's playing right now, sometimes he was attacking the rim, trying to get all the way to the cup. And he did that on multiple occasions, finished seven of 11 from the field. But the big one, the three steals that he had, a couple of them were on KD. And one of them, he picked KD's pocket clean in the fourth quarter and basically sealed the deal with a big time dunk. Uh, The dude has been really good in these playoffs and his versatility, his willingness to do the dirty work, his willingness to kind of fill in the gaps as opposed to like always being the star. uh, That's such a big, talented quality for for a guy like him. And he's just been such a great addition. Uh, It's interesting to see the transition that he's made from regular season to playoffs. But his aggression has ratcheted up for sure. And Bruce deserves so much credit for, for his ability to step up here. I've been a big fan of what he's been able to do. Uh, just a lot of great work. Jeff Green, not as strong of a game as Bruce Brown, but all, honestly, like I was pretty happy with the way that Jeff Green played. Like Hit a three, had a couple offensive rebounds. I thought he got fouled on one of those offensive rebound and putback attempts, so... The, the shooting efficiency isn't good enough, but he did enough good things, like getting to the free throw line a couple times, making two shots, hit a three, uh, grabbed four total rebounds, and then in his overall plus minus, he was net neutral. Did commit four fouls the most on the team and did it in 18 minutes. So that is something to monitor. Uh, I also think in general that he's going to be in foul trouble for much of this series because they're going to ask him to keep guarding KD. That is a tough proposition for anybody but also potentially for a 35, 36-year-old. So, like, uh, tough stuff. But if he's able to do it, if he's able to make it work and take on that burden while Gordon's out there or even while Gordon's sitting on the bench, that'll be a big deal. Uh, Christian Brown also spent some time on on Kevin Durant and had some some success himself. That's really good. And for Jeff Green to be able to take on some of that assignment, too, uh, while also switching on to Aiton, while also switching on to other guys. Really important for him to be able to be that connector. Uh, I think in general, like, Je- I, I'm very tough on Jeff. Like, I think he's probably somebody who deserves a little bit more benefit of the doubt for me, but I'm just, I'm always pretty high strung when it comes to, like, the details on this. And sometimes he can slack on the details. 
he did not slack on the details tonight. He was very, very good, contested everything, made KD work for his shots. And that's the most important thing in this. Just got to make it work. And he did a great job with it. What's up, Danny? Uh, appreciate that, man. I got those high fives for you. Uh, Danny came and said hi to the media section, which anybody can do if, if you want to. We're, we're above the tunnel near section 130. But if you go to a game, make sure to stop by. I'll, I'll, I'll chat with you. That, that'll be no problem on my part. And Christian Brown, uh, not the best game from Christian, minus seven in his uh, 14 minutes. I do think that somebody kind of had to bear the brunt of that when, when he was out there. And, and there were still some some things that he has to clean up. Like there was a turnover that he had when he was trying to, like he got a steal, he threw the ball ahead and just threw it out of the outstretched arms uh, of Jamal Murray. Also still has some moments where he, he's got to be more efficient, got to be more effective. He's not finishing around the rim as well as he did in, in previous iterations with the Suns, uh, against the Suns. But I do think that the four steals, like four steals, five rebounds, two offensive rebounds in 14 minutes, hustle. Like hustle plays galore. Suns fans are going to hate Christian Brown. They are going to despise him by the end of the series because he's going to win Denver games by just getting those little bitty plays. And, and then, like I said, he, he defended Devin Booker reasonably well. He defended Kevin Durant reasonably well. And anybody that can do that, like, as a rookie, is that's just nuts. Like, that is insanity. And for him to be competitive in that is just, like, I don't know if Denver expected that from him in his rookie season, but he's providing it, and they're going to ride that wave as long as they possibly can. He is in the circle of trust. I, I feel pretty comfortable about that. In Game 7, he'd probably have his minutes cut down, but like he's still going to provide the hustle that the Nuggets need, and, and they know they're always going to get it from him. So really good stuff, has to continue to work, and I don't see any reason why he wouldn't. All right, great stuff from the rotation tonight. That's our eight-man rotation. Uh, really good stuff. Let's take another break. When we come back, we are going to... I'll just hit on some final thoughts for this team and why Denver, I think, was absolutely ready for this moment and why they're really stepping up here. But first, everybody, in case you haven't already heard, Colorado sports legend Sandy Clough is back on Denver Airwaves right here at Mile High Sports. Catch Sandy Clough along with Sean Drotar weekdays from 2 to 4 p.m. on Mile High Sports Radio. Listen live on the MHS mobile app, 98.1 FM, 107.5 HD3 and stream the video version of the show on milehighsports.com as well as on the company Twitter. Plus, each episode of Sandy and Sean is available to you to listen on demand in podcast form. Just search Sandy and Sean wherever you get your podcasts. I love appearing on their show. They ask me great questions. They're very smart, uh, intelligent radio folks. If you're looking for intelligent conversation, that's the place to go. We'll be right back on Pickaxe and Roll. here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Really appreciate all the love and support. Thank you so much for hanging out with me on this Saturday night, which is officially turned to Sunday. We just passed midnight here. We're at the midnight hour of pickaxe and roll. That's always fun for me to say because you guys know me. I, I love to do this late night. I love to be up with you. I love to uh, just just be able to kind of bask in this because nobody wants to go to bed right now. Like, this is amazing. This is a great time. This is a great time to just really bask in what's going on with this Nuggets team. The Nuggets, absolutely ready for this moment. I did not think, uh, I did not think that they were going to be as strong as they were tonight, but I knew that they would come together prepared. Like, they would be ready for this moment. They told us, all the time. Just wait for the playoffs. We know the switches that we have to flip. We know what we have to do. We're excited to be able to do it. And on one hand, if you're a, if you're a writer like me, if you're a podcaster like me, you're around the team. You've seen them during the regular season. 
kind of shrink in some of those regular season moments where uh, they don't necessarily have to try that hard. They only got, what, 52 wins during the regular season. Not the most important for their win-loss schedule. Like, this just wasn't that wasn't that big of a deal, uh, especially after they basically clinched on March 6th or, or March whatever uh, when, when they ultimately clinched their, their one spot. But we've always seen them kind of fall back to earth here or there, and there are a couple times where they have to guard against that themselves. They're up 17 at halftime. that immediately gave up a 4-0 run based off of a, a breakdown in the half court, and that led to an and one. And then they gave up a missed offense or an offensive rebound on that play and also got scored on in the next possession on a putback dunk. So Denver has moments where they're still a little bit shaky, where they are still trying to make sure that, that uh, they're, they're coasting a little bit, uh, not necessarily going full bore. But when the moment called for tonight, Denver absolutely answered the call every single time. Uh, Jamal Murray was, was specifically great in this. Michael Malone made sure to mention it, that he was fantastic when it came to responding to runs that the Phoenix Suns made. Anytime that they tried to get a little bit hot, Anytime that they tried to go on a little bit of a run themselves, Murray would respond and did a great job. Uh, I think in general, Denver is ready for this. They're, they're ready for this moment. They knew exactly the intensity that they needed. They knew exactly the physicality that they needed. And they brought that, and the Suns did it. I think the Suns honestly were surprised. I think that they were kind of shocked that Denver was as good in this moment as, as they actually were. And, and that's a that's an interesting place to be if you're the Nuggets because you have a little bit of flexibility there. You have a, a little bit of an understanding of, hey, they have to respond to you now. You do not have to respond to them. They have to rise, raise to your level because the Nuggets showed that they could play at this level for 48 minutes. And the Suns, they, they played at it for like a half. A quarter, like not not necessarily playing at it for, for the entire way, but that second quarter was so big. And basically Denver and Phoenix played each other even in the other three quarters. But if Denver can have one of those quarters every single game that basically separates them, it's going to be a long or maybe even a short series for the Suns. Uh, that's, a, that's a really exciting prospect for sure. Um, Danny asks... Uh, Jokic had 16 rebounds at half. Can you explain why and if that's repeatable, uh, if not by Jokic, but the team as a whole? I think that Denver has a great advantage on the glass in this series. DeAndre Ayton is kind of, I mean, you don't want to use the word soft, but he is not the dominant physical presence that they need. And I remember back to those teams that the Suns had uh, in 2021, where they had Jay Crowder, Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, a little bit more perimeter size, a little bit more wing depth. Uh, they don't really have that this time around. They've got Kevin Durant, who is going, like he grabbed, what, 14 rebounds in this game? But he grabbed 14. Aiton grabbed seven. Okogi grabbed two because he was stuck chasing Murray around everywhere. Uh, Devin Booker grabbed four. Chris Paul grabbed zero. Like that's a that's a pretty small number. And if you've only got like a couple guys that are really putting up crooked numbers for rebounding, Denver can have plenty of other people that crash the glass, like a Jamal Murray on occasion, like a Christian Brown, like a Jeff Green. You're going to have, and, and Michael Porter didn't get in. Michael Porter did not get in on it this time around, but expect him to get in on it in the future, where at 6'10", he grabbed zero offensive rebounds this time around, but I absolutely expect him to be better on that going forward. But Jokic can dominate as a rebounder by himself. He needs to be better. He he can be better. Like there's there's no way that Aiton's going to be able to do it by himself. They're going to need to gain rebound, but that leaves gaps for other people too. And that's a very very exciting prospect for Denver. I think. Um, let's see. Any other comments that I should touch on here? Um, well, I see I see some. Comments on the, the Chris Paul thing. I was not happy with the Chris Paul thing. That's where Chris Paul basically up 19. Denver was at that point. Murray out in transition. Only Chris Paul to beat him. And then Chris Paul basically like trucks him like, like from the side. And I thought that Murray's response to that and Denver's response to that as a team was awesome. You'll see a lot of times where guys take that kind of a physical foul. Like the other team will be like, hey, what the hell? What's going? What are you doing, man? 
Nobody on the Nuggets acknowledged Chris Paul. Not a single person. They they probably looked at them like, okay, okay, fine. Uh, but they're antics. They are trying to get under the skin. They are trying to send a message. They're like, hey, you can't punk us in, in this. Like, we are still the top dog. But when Denver just did not give a damn in that, like, that makes it so much better for them. It makes it so much easier for them to focus on their game, focus on just playing basketball. And Denver, I think, is just very serious about playing basketball right now. They're not playing the matchup. Uh, I do think that Denver has some level of wanting revenge for 2021, uh, Murray especially. Uh, I think Porter could use that too. Gordon would like that too. But Jokic, I don't think he cares. Uh, but Murray wants that revenge, but he's not going to let it get in the way of just winning the basketball game. And that's a really, really great sign for this Nuggets team. They're very mature. They are very like self-aware about that, which is a great place to be for this team. Um, Cedric asks, how do you feel about them having no depth and, and the way we can manage our bench and we can manage for our bench? Uh, it's good. It's a great thing for Denver. Basically, in this game, the, the guys that actually played off of their bench were Torrey Craig, Bismack Biamba, Jock Landell for a little bit, Damian Lee, and Cam Payne. Uh, Terrence Ross didn't really play that much. Cam, uh, not okay. I'm sorry. I said Cam Payne. I meant Landry Shamit. Why did I say that? You had Landry Shamit, uh, Damian Lee, Jock Landell, Bismack Biamba, Torrey Craig. That's not a lot. That's not a lot of talent in, in terms of like actual guys that are going to make an impact on the in a road game. And, and that was exactly what happened, really. Like Denver was perfectly fine in those minutes. And uh, having Bruce Brown as, as the best bench player on both teams, that's a great advantage to have. Christian Brown having four steals and two offensive rebounds, that's a great advantage to have. Jeff Green reasonably defending Kevin Durant. Great advantage, great option to have in, in, the, in your case. Like, that's going to be a big deal for Denver. Now, are they going to continue to get that? I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, it's going to be very interesting to see. But I do think that Denver at least has something that they can go to. And Phoenix is going to keep grasping at, draw, at straws. Their biggest play that they're going to make, probably, is to have Kevin Durant play 48 minutes. Is to have Devin Booker play 48 minutes. Those guys only played 40 minutes and 36 minutes tonight, mostly because of the blowout. And then everybody kind of got pulled at the five-minute mark, I think. So not necessarily super indicative of what they would have to be in a, in a real game, in a real matchup. But if this game had gone the distance, Devin Booker probably would have played 45, 46 minutes. KD would have played like 41. But I think that going forward, they are going to have to play more. That's just how it's got to be. Uh, Denver, they can cycle through different people. Christian Brown playing a role in this series is going to be a big deal because it keeps everybody fresh. Keeping Michael Porter at 31 minutes, great, fantastic. Jokic only played 33. Gordon played 39. That's a lot. That's something to watch. Uh, but I do think that Denver, they don't really have that many other options at the at the four spots. So expect Michael Porter. He didn't play any four tonight. He didn't play any power forward tonight. I'd expect them to play some power forward going forward just to see what can happen with that. Um, Rich says the Nuggets have advantages in the paint and with the bench. Who would have thought? I know, man. It's, it's a really big deal. It is a big deal that Denver can get to this point, that they can respond in this way uh, with their bench guys that, that haven't really had much of an advantage to speak of for the entire year. So, uh, the great thing is that everybody plays well with Jokic. And I think what we're finding is that everybody plays well when there's a couple of other starters out there to really man the ship. Jamal Murray's leveled up into a guy that you can trust as a tier one decision maker. Maybe a tier two decision maker, depending on who you're asking. But like, if Jokic or Murray is out there, then the lineups now have a chance. Like That's such a cool thing to be able to say, that Denver, they don't have to purely rely on Jokic to be the, the sole conductor anymore. Murray can conduct, and then the way that he did it tonight, nine assists, 34 points, that's incredible stuff. And just great thing for Denver in this case. A uh, couple more points. 
A um, couple more points before we get out of here. Leo asks, uh, Jamal Murray, all NBA chance after showing out in the playoffs? That'd be so funny. Like, all NBA's already been voted upon for this year. It's it's based off of the regular season. But I do think that this is a great opportunity for Murray to uh, just show up as a, as a guy. You know he's going to show up in the playoffs. You know that he has that reputation. Maybe people, when they when they look at his regular season resume going forward, they're like, okay, but we know he's going to turn it up in the playoffs. We know how good he is. We can see what he's doing on a consistent basis. Maybe uh, we can appreciate that just a little bit more. Uh, I don't know what it's going to look like, but the numbers that Murray put up during the regular season, let me just pull them up here real quick uh, just to make sure I'm not crazy. You know, so 20 points on the dot, nearly 40% from three. Six assists, like twenty six and four is like fine. It's it's not all star numbers if we're being honest, but it's like borderline. It's like top forty. If Murray puts up twenty five and seven in in the in this role, like that's completely different. And and he does have a chance to be all NBA if he's if he's capable of doing that. But him showing up consistently in the playoffs definitely puts him on the roadmap for sure. Uh, for a lot of people that don't really consider him a lot. Jamal is now 18-3 and three versus the Suns, the second-best record against the Suns all time. I don't really have a take there. I just wanted to put that up on the screen. That's pretty fun. That's definitely fun for sure. All right. Let's hit on a couple more banners here uh, before we get out. Uh, I think that sending a message was a really good thing for Denver. This is something that they needed to do. If they showed up to Game 1 and just laid an egg... If Jokic looked like he was cooked in the pick and roll, if Denver looked like they couldn't defend at all, that would have been really bad. That would have been a really bad uh, kind of standard to set. Now, look, this could change. This could absolutely change. Maybe the Suns figure things out. Maybe over the course of a full series, they they figure some things out and they realize, okay, yeah, we need to attack this player and we need to attack in this way, and that could get them a win or two or three. Uh, There's no doubt about it. But sending this message early is a good thing for Denver because I think a lot of people consider Denver to be inferior to the Suns. A lot of people also consider them to be equivalent or even superior. Like, not a lot of people had a great feel on this series, or at least the people that thought they had a great feel. There was a lot of preconceived notions on how Denver would respond to the Suns. But the fact is, is that the Suns, they were shooting over six foot four dudes for much of the postseason or for much of their first-round series. Here in Denver, Christian Brown at 6'7", Aaron Gordon at 6'8", Michael Porter at 6'10", Jokic. Like, Denver has guys that are going to be capable to contest shots. And is it always going to go well? No, absolutely not. Like like I said, Denver's probably going to lose Like at some point during the series. And, and they might lose badly. Because there's going to be a time where Denver doesn't make their shots and Phoenix does. And it's going to look pretty ugly the other way. So it would not surprise me if this goes back and forth. Denver, they sent their message that they're here. They have to be taken seriously and everybody has to take them seriously as a result. Uh, It's going to be very fun. I'm looking forward to the rest of this series to see what they do. But one thing I do know is that winning the hustle battle is going to be a necessity going forward. It isn't just a thing that they could potentially do, but it's going to be a thing that if you want to win a championship and and if you want to compete against a team that's an elite shot-making team, you have to beat the other categories. You have to be able to manage them uh, to win the free-throw battle, to win the rebounding battle, to win the turnover battle. Denver did all three of those things. And despite the fact that the Suns hit a lot of shots in this game, it never really felt like it. Like, at least after the, the halfway through the second quarter, basically. The Suns still shot over 51% from the field. Like, they're, they're still very talented and very good. This is going to be a thing. But Denver took 17 more shots than them because they grabbed more offensive rebounds, because they turned over the ball less, and because they made a lot of it work. They also took 37 threes, Denver did. Winning the math game. Hustle battle is part of that. Like hustle battle, math game, doing the things that good teams do, great teams do. You can't just fall back on elite shot making because there's going to be a team at some point that's going to stop you. And Denver, I think they're hoping to be that team for Phoenix. So 
we will see what it looks like going forward. But I think, folks, that's going to do it. I think that's that's going to do it for this particular episode. The Suns will respond in game two, just like the Timberwolves did. I know that for sure. Uh, that was a close contested game for Denver, but I do think that they will, uh, like if Denver can respond in a similar way uh, throughout that, then, then Denver's going to be okay. And I'm, I'm feeling much better about this series than I did coming in. I, I thought that they would win. I thought that Denver would win the series in seven, but it wouldn't surprise me if it pushed even further than that. We will see. Michael, hit that outro music for me, good sir. Everybody, that is going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. we got over 100 people in here. Thank you so much for staying up with me on this Saturday night, now Sunday morning. Uh, really appreciate all the love and support on the show. Make sure to give this a like on your way out. Uh, always appreciate it, everybody. Uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. We are in this together. Nuggets Nation, it's going to be great. Make sure to read my story on milehighsports.com and make sure to check out all of the content that we have surrounding the Nuggets. There's going to be a fair few. It's going to be great. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support us, the show, as always. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.